Well, Dr. Kevin Vos is uh, the author of over 20 books, including Memorize the Faith and How to Think Like Aquinas, and has taught psychology at Aquinas College in Nashville, the University of Illinois at Springfield, Lincoln Land Community College, and McMurray College. He's a member of the Research Review Committee uh, for American Mensa, and which promotes the scientific study of human intelligence. And, you know, we often think of death as the end, but it really is just the beginning of eternal life. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell, often called the last four things, are awe-inspiring and fear-inducing, yet countless saints testify to the profound spiritual benefit of contemplating that awesome mystery that awaits us in the afterlife. And few saints have thought more deeply about the four last things than St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh, Dr. Vos has written a brand new book called Aquinas on the Last Four Things. Dr. Vos, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. The four last things. Well, you know, Doctor, that sometimes, we, as, as I just said, it, sometimes it could be awe-inspiring, but fear-inducing, too. Um, tell us about what inspired you to write the book in the first place uh, based on the uh, teachings of Aquinas. Sure. Just, you know, very briefly, in my own, my own history, I was raised Catholic, spent about 25 years as an atheist until the Holy Spirit led me to read the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas for the first time. It showed me that faith was reasonable and brought me back to the Church, and, you know, just one of the, the great joys uh, of my life. And since that time, I've been very much impacted by all the writings of St. Thomas. I'm a psychologist, and Thomas laid out human psychology just amazingly well. So many of my books have been trying to popularize his writing for the public, kind of, you know, bringing them into modern language, showing people how, they, how, how uh, practical they are. Sometimes his books can, can be daunting because he uses deep philosophical and theological subject matter, but I try to take different parts and present them in the most you know, understandable way possible. And the very last section of his greatest book, the Summa Theologica, is called The Treatise on the Resurrection, where he deals with his four last things. So in this book, I go like, question for question, article for article, through Thomas's writings and try to show us the, the highlights of these wonderful, amazing, and, and as you said, you know, awe-inspiring and fear-inducing uh, the, the four last things. Well, you know, these, obviously, uh, we all think about it. I was telling Cheryl on the way in this morning, I was driving uh, on the highway there and put on some music that reminded me of my parents, who are both deceased, and I I began to think about, okay, where are they, and, and what are they doing, and what's it like? Um, do our souls go straight to heaven or hell when we die? Uh, I think the answer there is, is, is maybe, <laughs> you know, for, for some of us they do. So this is, yeah, this is one of the kind of issues that Thomas addresses. Uh, you know, that, that, that souls that die in, in perfect unity with God, without any mortal sin, without any uh, uh, venial sin that has not been, you know, whether we haven't done penance for, those souls would go immediately to heaven. Uh, for most of us, if we're, we're dying united to God, there's no mortal sin on our soul. But we have committed venial sins, or we haven't fully done penance for prior mortal, mortal sins, then we will go through that place of purification that we call a purgatory. So, so Thomas goes into great detail about that. And then, you know, unfortunately, of course, those who die with grave mortal sin on their souls have basically chosen to cast off God's love and mercy. And they will then you know, as it said in the Catechism, they self-excluded themselves from heaven. So it's a very, very serious uh, business. Mm. When we think about death and we think about the transition from this life into the next, we know that we are created body and soul with an immortal soul, and God 
created us to be with him forever in heaven. Our, I remember the old Baltimore Catechism, you know, to, to love yeah. God. Uh, so, but 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 this this is something I think that you know uh, we think about and maybe don't think about enough. I don't know. As I get older, I think about it a, little, a little bit more. <laughs> um, and 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 you know, you mentioned about the the possibility of eternal damnation. I, I often find it very difficult for a soul that would be in that in that nanosecond of of transition to to reject God's love. Does Aquinas address that at all? Does he talk about that? Is it just the fact that there is a, an unrepentant mortal sin on our soul that will we've chosen to then to be without God's love for all eternity, or is there still a little bit of hope there? Yeah, and, and here you know, well, Thomas is all saying you know we like we might see a person who dies, or or even through some kind of a suicide. Yeah, we don't know the true state state of their soul at that nanosecond, as you said. And if there is a conversion of heart at that nanosecond, that that's that's going to make all the difference, all the difference in eternal life. So Thomas's overall teaching is very optimistic. I mean, we have to very persistently and obstinately, you know, re- reject God to suffer that irrevocable torment and hell. You know, God wants us to to join Him in heaven. The the virtue of faith expresses our our hope that we will one day be in heaven, and that God will give us all that we need to get there. So you know, if if we do our best, if we try to embrace God's love, I mean, it, it's going to take quite an act and a persistent act. To, to reject him and end up uh, in hell. But by the same token, you know, most of us are going to have sins. We're probably going to end up in, in purgatory. And there, there's some genuine uh, suffering there to cleanse us, you know, because nothing pure will enter heaven. So in a sense, we want to try to avoid purgatory as much as possible. And yet we must remember that in, case, in the case of our loved ones, for example, whoever is in purgatory will one day ultimately reside with God in heaven because they did die united to God uh, uh, through grace and charity. And isn't that beautiful, uh, Doctor, that, it again, our, our faith is one of great hope and that all is not lost. You know, if you've made it to purgatory, you can rejoice a little bit. You know, you might be there for some time, but at least you know you're going to, to the ultimate reward, you know. Um, you did mention suicide, however, and of course these days people are sadly losing hope you know maybe they don't have as strong a faith as others and they've lost hope they're desolate they're depressed they're despairing and we're reading about more and more suicides which of course is um frowned upon by the catholic church and but from the psychological standpoint they're they're not really in the best mental state now where does that person stand in the eyes of god Yes, yes, you know, and one of the things in the psychological literature, a person most likely to actually attempt suicide, they've lost all natural hope. There's like no sense that they can do anything that's going to make their life better. You know, so it's that at that level, it is a great despair, a very, very sad thing. Mm-hmm. So we want to try to embrace with our faith and remember that there always, always is hope. Uh, you know, and I can't speak authoritatively for the church, but I think that the church would remind us that that we never actually know the state of that person's uh, soul at their moment of death, mm. you know, uh, and suicide takes a period of time. It's rarely instant. You know, we don't know. Uh, so we don't know. So we want to always pray for that person, mm. regardless of how they experience death, uh, so especially with the suicide, which, again, is so often complicated by uh, mental illness. So we don't want to play God in that case mm. and assume we know their destination. Uh, but we do want to pray for that person's soul. 
Yes. We're talking with Dr. Kevin Vost about his new book, Aquinas, on the Four Last Things. It's published by Sophia Institute Press, and their web address is sophiainstitute.com. And uh, in the book, uh, with St. Thomas as his guide, Dr. Vost explores the destination of our souls after death and uncovers the mysteries surrounding purgatory and limbo. Now, there's something when I was, and I'm, I'm post, uh, or rather pre-Vatican II in my initial uh, education, um, what does Aquinas say about limbo? Yes, in limbo, you know, I believe in the current catechism, it's not actually listed as a phrase there, hmm. but in the ancient uh, church teaching, it was there, and it mainly... Uh, the, the main category of purgatory we think of is for uh, unbaptized, like an unbaptized child, right. you know, who through no fault of their own, they're not baptized. But according to the Church teaching, you know, we need to be baptized to, to join with God, to receive His graces, to be with Him in heaven. So the teaching on limbo, the way Thomas describes it, is that these, these infants who through no fault of their own uh, were not baptized, they don't have the grace to be with God in heaven, but He's not going to punish them in hell. They mm. had no no personal sin, so there is this a uh, place, a state called uh, limbo, where Thomas said, well, they would be deprived of the beatific vision, you know, of God that the, that the, that the saints have, but God would bless them with the highest level of, of natural happiness possible as, as natural human beings. So, so something, you know, we definitely would want to strive to make every person, to, to baptize uh, every person. If a person's an adult is considering joining the faith, you do want to, to, to do that, to, to get uh, uh, baptized, but at least according to Thomas's teaching of limbo, yeah, it, it falls short of heaven, but it, but it's not hell. It's not the only punishment is that uh, the person would not get that beatific vision of God. But again, they would be limited to enjoy a natural happiness. Mm-hmm. And as far as judgment goes, Doctor Vost, you know, we know there's a particular judgment, and then the the uh, general judgment. Uh, and and I always thought that I always found that a little. I, I have a hard time. Kind of putting that together, you know. I'm I, when I, when 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 a, when a soul leaves this this world and and goes before God before particular judgment, yet there is at at the end of the world, uh, is, what what happens? I mean, we're 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 not rejudged, but what what is what do we when we talk about that at the end of the world when when the Lord comes to judge, uh, what, what does that mean as a part as opposed to the particular judgment? Yes, and Thomas has some good insights here. You know, he says a particular judgment of corpus happens at the time of our own personal death. At that point, we know if we're going to heaven or to hell uh, or to purgatory, if our souls are. And our souls, you know, are separated from our bodies. We're just existing as spiritual beings at that time. But when Christ comes for the final judgment, the last judgment, there will be actually, uh, our bodies will be reunited with our souls. You know, the Catholic Church has always taught that the physical body is a good thing. So, yeah, we're not going to be just spiritual forever. We remain to be body and soul, and we will be. And at the time of the general uh, judgment, then Thomas says the particular judgment takes, acknowledges the fact that we are all individual human beings. The general judgment acknowledges the fact that we're all members of the human race. And at the general judgment, there we are all judged together, all of us as a race, and then the rewards that we're destined to, uh, the rewards, uh, whether we'll be in heaven or in hell, will, will actually take place, but not only as souls, but in body and soul. And that the and I love the the of course we think about what we're gonna what it's gonna be like when we God yes. willing we get to heaven. I love the image of the glorified body. Can does he address that and how does he address that? Well, he, he addresses it in great detail. You know, some of this comes from the passage of Saint Paul, one Corinthians 
1543, where he talks about things like, uh, you know, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable, and, and other descriptors. And Thomas boils it down to four main characteristics, and the, and the church itself does. One, impassibility. Our bodies will be incapable of suffering and getting sick and decomposing. Another is subtlety. It takes its name for the power to penetrate. So we'll have a spirit-like body, and it will be actually able to move move wherever we want, even through material objects. The third, agility, ease, and promptness of movement will all be like, you know, master athletes. Our bodies will do whatever we ask them to. And he says, you know, in Wisdom 3.7, he says, they will run like sparks through the stubble. That's what we'll be like when we have these agile bodies. And clarity, which means a radiance of brilliance or a glow, like Christ at his transfiguration, it's in his face shone like the sun. Thomas says we will all glow. And there is a phenomenon called bioluminescence, where like sea creatures create their own light, you know? Mm-hmm. And actually, even on Earth now, we all do produce chemical reactions that, that produce a very, very dim light. But in the glorified body, our bodies will glow for, for all of us to see. Beautiful. We're talking with uh, Dr. Kevin Vos. We have just a couple of minutes left. He's written a book called Aquinas on the Four Last Things, published by Sophia Press uh, and Sophia Press. I'm sorry, SophiaInstitute.com. And maybe to close out our conversation today, Doctor, does Aquinas um, discuss or talk about what kinds of rewards we'll have in heaven? What what awaits us there? He does, and there's not much time to alley, but he does. We all, we all get this beatific vision of seeing God in his essence, which will completely captivate us, you know, bring us this total bliss. There's also special awards he calls uh, aureolas for, like, uh, the people, the virgins, for the martyrs for the church, for special teachers and doctors. There's kind of special awards for people who've made special victories over the flesh, over the world, or over the Satan. And, you know, he talks about different mansion creatures. There's different levels of beatitudes. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to think about, mm. what we will experience uh, in heaven. It's just, a, it's just almost unspeakable to think how amazing it's going to be. Is it Aquinas who, who um, talked about our, our, the idea that our, we'd all be about 33 years old or look about our bodies would be in that state like as our yes. Lord? Okay. Mm. All right. So something... Yes, certain... and, and I did some research that shows actual athletic performance for endurance and strength does tend to peak right around that age, you know, which was the age of, uh, of Christ. So, yeah, that's right. So, oh, so that's yes, amazing. it's something to look forward to for all of us. Ah, to be 33 again. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I bet every listener now they're going to go to confession and they're going to say, that's it, I'm going to be really, really good from now on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm so glad you broke it down and put it into some layman's terms. However, I know I have on occasion picked up a couple of books by St. Thomas, and oh boy, it was quite the collegiate level. And I thought, ah, oh, you know, you really had to concentrate and pick it apart and, and, and focus and so I thought this this might be more my reading ability. So well, thank well, I you. Hope so. I, you know, I, always, I always have to pay my dues when I go through and try to try to bring it into simpler language, but it's always worth the effort. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's called Aquinas on the Four Last Things. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. And again, friends, their web address is sophiainstitute.com. We've been talking with the author, Dr. Kevin Vost. Doctor, thank you so much for being with us, and I hope uh, you'll join us again sometime. It's always my pleasure, and I love to. God bless. God God bless bless you. you. Thank you.